Welcome to the In Plain Language Podcast. My name is Kelsey, and I'm the founder of Multi the Blue Tiger Bilingual Children's Books, found in homes and classrooms around the world. I'm truly so excited that you're here. You want your child's speech and language skills to thrive, which is exactly what this podcast will help make happen. Every other week, we'll be bringing you direct, tangible advice and tips about speech and language from top experts around the world. These are the language tools that will make an incredible difference in your child's life. Be sure to pick up your copy of Multi the Blue Tiger, available in English and Spanish and English and French on Amazon today to help your child learn new language skills and embrace their unique voice. If you want to raise a bilingual or multilingual child, you're in good company. Many parents want their child to speak another language, whether that's so they can easily communicate with grandparents or cousins who speak that language so that they can better understand the culture their parents grew up in, or so they can simply have more opportunities to learn, meet new people, and excel with plenty of career opportunities as they grow older. But multilingualism also has serious benefits for a child's brain. A study published in the journal Bilingualism, Language, and Cognition found that when researchers gave monolingual and bilingual participants three nonverbal tasks meant to test focus, the bilingual participants performed better, recording quicker response times. Researchers say having experience switching between languages may improve one's ability to maintain focus. Other research has found that knowing another language can improve memory, enhance multitasking skills, aid in decision-making, promote creativity and problem-solving skills, and even have a protective effect on dementia risk later in life, which one study found may be because people who know two languages have increased neural connectivity in parts of the brain. But if you're researching how to raise bilingual children, you might be overwhelmed by all of the information on the internet about this topic. For instance, there's the popular OPOL, or one person, one language method, in which one parent speaks to the child in one language consistently, and the other parent or another grown-up speaks to the child in the other language consistently. There's also the MLAH, or minority language at home method, in which the parents and children speak one language at home, and the children speak the language most common in their community, at school, and elsewhere in public. There's even the context method, in which you and your children only speak a particular language in particular situations, like with grandparents or at certain times of the day, or the mixing languages method, in which parents and children switch from one language to another fluidly, a common method in countries that have an official second language. But what are real parents who are successful in raising bilingual kids doing? I spoke with three parents who are raising their kids to be bilingual or multilingual to learn more about their experiences, and each had tips for you as you start this journey. Of course, every parent's multilingual journey with their child is a little different, but one common thread I saw was that each one has been tirelessly consistent in teaching and exposing their child to another language, which is arguably the most important thing. Catalina Burton is the founder of the blog Raising Bilingual Children, and her family of four is based in San Antonio, Texas. Catalina is originally from Chile, and she met her now husband, who is an active member of the military, when she was studying English in the United States, and he had just returned from a church mission in Spain. They are now raising two kids, a six-year-old named Mia, who they homeschool, and a two-year-old named Liam. At home, their kids speak Spanish, 
but out in the community or with certain family members, they speak English. We decided that we wanted to keep the language because we knew how important it was to know a different language and how hard it's also to learn a different language. For me, when I was 21, I came to the United States to learn English. So I knew how hard it was to just learn a different language solely in life. So we decided that if we had kids, we knew that we wanted to teach them. And also as part of the culture that mommy is coming from Chile and they is it's a must for them to know where mommy's coming from. It's part of their background and culture. So growing up for them, so when we started with Mia, it was just Spanish. Well, and I would say actually it was both because aside of my husband's family, almost all the boys speak Spanish, but the girls, they don't. They just, they don't. So even grandma, she's still trying to learn and she's actually serving a mission now in Argentina and she still doesn't get it, but we still love her. <laughs> so, so, but for me, it was easy for her to just communicate with them in both languages. So she, growing up, we had actually a very big deployment between, William was deployed for nine months, so we went to live with grandma and tata, and during that time, it was just English for me, because grandma didn't know any Spanish, but grandpa did. So it was grandpa and me, spoken Spanish at that time and it was actually was Mia all the time with me so growing up for Mia was mommy's language so it was Spanish and then William came and it was the same thing for Leon even though sometimes I see like it is a little bit harder now because Mia is getting to see and being around more and more kids, even though we homeschool, we still have co-ops, we still go to different field trips, and we do lots of other things with different kids. So she sees that Spanish is just not Spanish. We have another language, and sometimes she feels a little bit more confident in English. But at home, we still try to keep it just Spanish as much as we can, and that's how we are working on it right now. Even though they're still young, Burden says that she has already seen benefits from raising her kids bilingually. Oh, we can say so many good benefits. So just, a, just to be able to also read in Spanish is beautiful because there are so many different ways. Um, like, so we have lots of books at home, like lots of books. And we took a big trip to South America. And we brought lots of books from South America. And, and I remember that every single book had different way to express. So when we read books here in Spanish, Mia can find the question, I mean, the, the words. And she, she's also so um, intrigued, like always asking what that word means. So that's one of the benefits to be able to open her vocabulary to, through books. And that she can notice it. And so in another one, as I said before, we went to South America and it was so cute when we stopped in Peru, in Chile, in Argentina. She was able to just communicate with everyone and make new friends. So we went to, um, we spent two, a whole month in Chile and two weeks in Argentina. And when we were in Chile, we had this uh, little girls outside and they just play in the street. And it's so funny because in my house, we don't have many kids around. 
So I don't let my kids go just play in the street. I had to be outside with them. But for them in Chile, the culture is so different. And for me, it was so fun to see that she was always asking, oh, but why? The parents are not outside with them. It was just like a little community for them. So they were all playing outside. And then she said, mommy, can I go and play? And I said, yes, I will be watching you from here. And it was just so sweet how they were playing. Uh, they were playing a la pinta, they call it. It was like tack, tack you. But, and then they were creating all these cute little games together. So sweet to see my daughter, Chinab, have any trouble communicating with those kids. Even though we were in a different country, different culture, different kid, she was having so much fun. Kind of like what uh, its language does, open the door to so many beautiful opportunities. However, Burden says it doesn't come without its challenges, especially because the language spoken at home is different from that spoken in the community around her family. When they are little, and when they're around so many other kids and their peers and they want to speak the English language, they want to do it. And because it's normal, it's so normal, and that's what they wanted to do. And so, and the other challenge I would say is uh, not having many people that speak this, the language at home. I mean, they speak the Spanish at home or, or they are bilingual. Um, we live, we are lucky to live in a state that. Lots of people speak Spanish here in San Antonio, Texas. And we actually can add, like yesterday, we were celebrating Mia. And we went to this beautiful place that they celebrate Dia de los Muertos. And so going around and to see that, for me to teach her that it's not just us. There are so many others that they speak the language and it's so beautiful. For Burden, the benefits of bilingualism far outweigh the challenges of raising a bilingual child. Here are her tips if you're starting this journey with your kid. I will say Montessori. Montessori activity in Spanish are really wonderful. That's kind of actually we started uh, when we started reading and when we started doing all the Spanish lesson in preschool. And what else I would say? Reading. Reading, 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 reading is the way to go too. But activities, if you have, if you find really, really good Montessori activities online, Pinterest is fun to go to. But usually, when you go on Google, you find all these amazing resources, and you can do it on your own. You can do it on your own, and start teaching the numbers. So, teach the numbers, and for them to also read it. And then books, those are the only two resources that we use and we have been using for a long time when we are trying to, to do Spanish and have been working wonderful. First thing, number one that you should do is just start speaking the language at home. Is I know it can be really, really hard, especially if you have older kids that they just are so used to speak English. But if you, st- if you are the mom or if you are the dad, Lots of people also ask, how can we do it, like Spanish or English first? But I would say, if you one does the English and the other one does the Spanish, or vice versa, it doesn't really matter. You just start talking, speaking the language at home, and you will see how that is the first thing that the kid is going to get, and then read to that kid, read to that kid a lot. And three, maybe find a group. 
even though sometimes it can be really, really hard if not creating your own book, uh, group. And that helps so much because um, one kid from that group might know really good Spanish. And when they're around the other kid, they will be able to use it. And so find a group, try to connect to other parents. And if not, read about how to raise bilingualism, I mean bilingual kids, because it's not it's not that hard as we think. I remember when we started, it was just so overwhelming. But how and all this thing that also they tell you online, no, this kid is getting confused and and all this amazing thing that they tell you that it's not gonna happen. But then when you start actually doing and you know your children more than anyone else online. You'll see that it's not a hard and that the kid is going to get it. Rahma Han Hadi, creator of the blog The Hadi Life and mom of two in Maryland, grew up learning both English and Urdu and wanted her kids to know both as well. My dad is from India and my mom is from Pakistan. So the common language is um, Urdu. And um, my husband's family, they, he's actually, his dad is from Egypt and his mom is from Guyana. So we have like a very diverse, I guess, um, family. And so our kids are very diverse, right? And um, so for us, uh, growing up, my we spoke, our first language is obviously English because we were born and raised here in Maryland. And so for us, English was definitely our first language. But my parents made it a point to um, always speak to us in our language, which is um, Urdu. And um, basically, like, you know, we grew up speaking um, Urdu um, until we were until we started kindergarten, basically. And I think my parents like uh, uh, thought was that they're going to learn English anyways, because we live here. So like, why not just kind of focus on Urdu for like the first five years of their life? And, um, you know, successfully. So we I'm very fluent in Urdu. I can like understand it, speak it, carry on a conversation and everything. Um, And my for my husband, though. Um, the common language in their family was English, um, not necessarily um, Arabic, um, which is what his dad spoke. So because the common language in their house was English, my husband really did, didn't really grow up, um, you know, speaking um, Arabic. So he was mostly, his family mostly spoke English. Um, so when we were raising, when we, you know, had kids and were um, deciding like what we wanted to do um, about, about what, you know, whether we wanted to raise them like uh, bilingual or multilingual, we decided that because I am very, very fluent in um, Urdu that we were going to go for it and um, teach our daughter like, you know, um, Urdu for the first like five years of her life and make sure she's like very fluent in it. She believes her three-year-old daughter started speaking earlier because of this exposure to both languages. So I definitely think that she started talking a lot uh, sooner. Uh, ever since, you know, she was little, we've always only spoken to her in um, Urdu and always asking her, like, you know, where's your nose or where's your hair? Like all of these things. And I felt like because my parents were also consistent with it and even my family members who don't necessarily speak Urdu on a regular basis, they hopped in and like started speaking. And I feel like my daughter is able to converse a lot better. Um, uh, and she's able to there are words that are easier for her to say um uh, to both of us and get her point across, which I felt like at a young age or like a- age two, she's able to kind of be very like, um, she's able to hold on, hold a conversation very well. Um, so that was the one thing that was beneficial. I feel like maybe I know, you know, she's only three. So I feel like, um, as she gets older, um, there are hopefully, you know, there are more benefits to her learning a different language and like being able to retain information in her brain, um, hopefully better. 
The one thing that's actually what I, that I found um, useful or helpful is that, um, you know, when you're baby talking with like a little baby, it's like different, right? When they're a little bit older. Um, so like I'm baby talking with like uh, the baby boy and um, I'm saying things in Urdu or like having a little conversation with him. Obviously, he's not responding, but my daughter notices that like it's cute doing that. So now she picks up and starts doing that as well. So it's like as if I'm like reteaching my daughter Urdu by going through my son. Now, remember, if you don't know another language, you can still help your child learn one. We have a lot of great expert tips on this in episode two of this podcast. But even for bilingual parents like Rehma, giving kids enough exposure to a second language has to be a conscious effort. So one biggest challenge that we have is, of course, you know, my husband doesn't speak Urdu. So um, for her to not be like 100% um, in like, you know, um, in Urdu, it's a little bit harder because, you know, she's spending the equal amount of time with mom and she's spending equal amount of time with dad. So one thing that I uh, found um, helpful is that my like your spouse or like my husband was willing to learn the language. So what as I'm teaching my daughter at a young age, you know, like when she was born, like as I'm saying these words in Urdu, my husband is picking it up and subconsciously he like knows exactly what I'm saying now. So anytime I'm telling my daughter something, then my husband knows exactly what I'm saying. So he'll reiterate that in, in Urdu as well. We do a bunch of uh, different activities as in like puzzles um, that you combine um, the Urdu word with like the image. Um, and so she knows in English, like a house is house, but like in Urdu, it's ghar and it's written in Urdu. So she would say it. So she would put those together and it's kind of getting her also, you know, um, sight words, I guess, um, which also kind of reiterate like um, the Urdu language. So there's that. There's um, the, um, I've wanted to do uh, shows like teach, um, let her watch a few shows that are in Urdu, but I've been very unsuccessful in finding something. Um, so that has yet to be to happen. Um, and otherwise, in other ways that I've also like games wise um, is when we're kind of just sitting around or now that I have a new baby and obviously, you know, majority of my time is like feeding the baby. Um, so as I'm feeding the baby, um, I'll have my daughter come and sit with me and I'll like play with her, like ask her questions, like where, uh, where do all the dirty clothes go? And, um, like in Urdu and she'll respond like where it goes, but in Urdu as well. So these are like kind of fun games that we play or like I spy game in Urdu and she'll respond. Her number one tip for parents, start young and try to get other family members involved. You'd be surprised at the amount of information that children at a very, very young age can retain. And um, everything is like a sponge. So, you know, start, you know, the first thing you speak to them is like their native or, or whichever language you're trying to, you know, teach them is start extremely young. Um, and um, and they will respond, you know. And um, the second thing is um, it's try to speak in that language with your spouse. So like, obviously, you know, both of us growing up here, English is, English is, you know, the easiest language for us to speak. So we kind of have to like go out of our way to make sure that like to each other, especially in front of our children that we're speaking, um, the language so that they know that like, Oh, you know, this is, this is what's required of us at home. Kathy Taprani, a mom of four in New York city is bilingual and her husband speaks five languages. Her older kids have taken Hindi classes, and all of them are learning Spanish at home from her. I definitely want all my children to speak it, um, since I, I'm fluent in it, and it's, it's part of my culture. Um, my father doesn't speak a lot of English, so I, I want them to be able to communicate with him. She says she only speaks in Spanish at home, while her husband speaks in English to the kids. 
even if the older ones, they'll say, what, what? And they don't understand me. I'll just keep pushing it and pushing it because my husband speaks English. My mother-in-law speaks English. Everybody around them speaks English and they're only hearing Spanish is from me. So that's why I have to push it even more. I definitely see it more in the baby now. Um, I'm able to, to see the benefits of it because his vocabulary I, I saw a list um, that we had gotten from the pediatrician of words, how many words a two-year-old should be speaking. And his vocabulary is probably three, four times the amount of a regular two-year-old. You know, he's the fourth child and he's the youngest child. So he has the older kids to model his behavior after. But, you know, it, it's it also has to do with, you know, like he's hearing words in Spanish. He hears words in English and he's picked it all up. So if, if, if anything, you know, like keep pushing through, it's, it, it's very difficult, but if you push through and stay, stay with it, I, I just, I think the benefits are tremendous. I think it's the most wonderful thing that you could do for a child, um, to give them that resource because they're, they're at an age that they pick up so much and they're so impressionable that, if you're introducing a second language, you know, one to stick with it, keep pushing through because it is very difficult to keep going with it. It's very easy to fall back and just speak in, in English to them. But if, if you can do it, you have the resource to do it, just keep on with it. I want to give a big shout out to RR Francis who wrote on Apple podcasts. This podcast has really useful information that you can use with your kids a must-listen for parents or anyone interested in language. Highly recommend. Thank you so much for that review. We'll be back with a new episode of In Plain Language in two weeks. In the meantime, if you can write a review or subscribe to the podcast, that is light to everyone who works so hard to produce and contribute to each and every episode. We'll be featuring some of your reviews here, so stay tuned. For more language inspiration and tips, follow Multi the Blue Tiger on social media and be sure to pick up your copies of the book, available in English and Spanish or English and French, on Amazon today to give the kids in your life the incredible gift of language and confidence in their unique voices.